In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When it comes to the Dublin rental market, there's one landlord whose name keeps cropping up again and again and again. There's really been an outpouring of people approaching the newspaper with stories to tell about the experience they've had with Mark Goddard. We've spoken about Mark Goddard on this podcast before. His rental empire spans more than 200 beds in 19 properties across Dublin City. Last April, we heard how Goddard evicted tenants from an apartment block only to put the rooms up on Airbnb straight away. Dozens of people were put out of their homes in Dolphin's Barn and we know that at least one of those people went through a period of homelessness subsequently. Following that report, Irish Times Europe correspondent Naomi O'Leary went on to investigate the origins of the Goddard Empire, tracing his operations back to his family home in Luxembourg. The money from Luxembourg goes much further in Ireland. So that explains why you might have a family. They might be ordinary enough, but they were able to build a property empire because they invested at the right time in Ireland. Now, a fresh investigation into Goddard and his company, Green Label Property Investments, has shed new light on his network of beds for rent in Dublin. Often in what tenants say are extremely poor conditions, overcrowding, sometimes six adults sleeping in a single room. It has also brought to attention the heavy-handed tactics used by Goddard's employees to enforce his company's bizarre rental rules. They start to taking out the, the, the bed, the mattress... They changed the lock from the door. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, overcrowding, CCTV and unreturned deposits. The inner workings of Mark Goddard's rental empire. Naomi, can you tell us about Salvador? Who is he? And what happened when he came to Ireland? Salvador Chavez Morales is a computer engineer from Mexico City. I've been here in Dublin for five months. I'm studying English. He came to Ireland because it was a place where he could do a course to learn English while working part-time on a kind of visa that attracts a lot of people from Latin America. You're allowed to work about 20 hours a week. So he saved up for a few years to pay for the school, um, the English course, and for money to get started in Ireland. And then he came over to take his shot. I've heard that many people had a lot of troubles looking for accommodation. And I found this place 
uh, by accident, actually. He actually went along as an interpreter to try and get a friend a place. And when he saw it, he actually asked the agency, did they have any other places going? And that's how he found out about an apartment on Capel Street, a room which was just big enough for a single bed. There were two other rooms in the apartment. One had four flatmates and one had three. So there were eight altogether living in the one flat and, yeah, quite a lot of people sharing a bathroom. The deposit was €490. The rent for a month was, as I recall, more or less 600 I thought I had lucky with the, with the accommodation. In the beginning, it was like all good, no troubles. I was just starting to know my, my roommates. Started his English course and he was happy enough. There were a couple of things that were an issue. There was a CCTV camera which was installed outside his bedroom door. Photographs show that it would have been hovering above his head as he came in and out of his bedroom, um, pointing towards the kitchen area and the door into the kitchen. He felt that it was weird that there was a live camera that was recording inside their house. He thought it was an invasion of privacy. And I found this is illegal, at least in Europe. My other roommates weren't happy with that. They were complaining uh, for the camera. Once one of them turned, turned to the other side, uh, to look, looking to the um, roof, and then he got an, an advice. If he will repeat it, he, they, they will cancel the, his contract. So he wasn't particularly happy about that. There was also a rumor among his flatmates that they were gonna get evicted. So somebody had brought in their bicycle from outside because it kept getting robbed and fed up with the repeated thefts, they brought it into the house. And this was a breach of a house rule. So in response to that, some of the flatmates heard that they were going to get evicted. So this kind of rumour went around. So coming up to the end of July, he got a WhatsApp message from the agency that had let the place to him. And it said, reminder that your rent is coming up, you know, you've got to make your payment, whatever. And he said, well, just to check, though, you're not going to kick us out, right? Because I've heard this from some of the other flatmates and he got back a message saying no there's nothing wrong with your contract they're not going to be cancelled um how would you like to pay please cash or card so that day he handed over the rent for august which was around about 600 euro so i did it i pay my rent and after i pay my rent uh i complained with my with my roommates about the camera and the day after that I, I received the, this, this advice. The day after he said that he wasn't happy with the live CCTV, he received a notice saying that he was being evicted. So he received a PDF file over WhatsApp. It said, you have seven days to leave the property. And if you want to get your deposit back, the 490 euro, you have to be out um, in seven days. And he's already paid the rent now for the whole of August, but it's saying that he has to get out by August 5th and that if he doesn't, he'll be down another 490 euro. So that's well over a thousand euro now that he's down of all those savings that he built up for years in Mexico working as a computer engineer. He was understandably taken aback. I answered to them immediately, asked them why, because a a few days ago they, they said that I need to pay my rent as normally and nothing will happen. And after I paid my rent, they just sent me this letter. I, I didn't get any, any answer. His first thought was actually to go to the Gardaí because he felt like he'd been misled. 
because he'd been told that his contract wouldn't be cancelled. But the guardian said that they have no power in this situation. He's, you know, he started asking around then to um, to find out, I suppose, what he, what he could do. Could he find another place to stay? At this point, he didn't have anywhere else to go and he also didn't have more money. I mean, he'd given over his money. His plan that day had actually been to hand out CVs to get a job um, so that he could start earning. But because of the eviction and everything that happened, he wasn't able to do that. I, I was I was scared and afraid because because I just had just one week. So he waited to see what would happen on August 5th. And what did happen? Now, by this point, he'd actually consulted a solicitor and he'd been told that he shouldn't be evicted, um, that people need notice of 28 days or so. Uh, you can't be thrown out with no notice like that. And that he should stay in the apartment because he'd managed to actually register a complaint with the Residential Tenancies Board. And my lawyer and RTB as well told me that I that I don't need to, to leave the apartment. On that day, agents for the letting agency appeared. Five people from the agency came to the apartment to trying to convince me to leave the apartment. And I said, no, because you didn't give me any reason. No, I have rights as a tenant. I've lodged um, a dispute with the RTB and I've paid my rent for August. I'm not behind on rent. Um, I, you know, I've paid, I've paid to be here. So, you know, I'm staying. He took video then, mobile phone footage of uh, men who were working for this agency dismantling his bed. They, they start to taking out the, the, the bed, the mattress. They change the lock from the door. When they try to take out my, my stuff from the room, I, I stand in front of them and I told them, you're not gonna touch my, my, my things. They also get mad and remove the, the door from the, the, the room. They actually removed the door from the bedroom, so they took the door off its hinges. I was very stressed because I thought we're, we're just going to start to fighting or something. Fortunately, nothing happened, not, not violence or a fight. At the end, they said, this is your last chance. I, I have your, your rent and your deposit here with me. If you leave, if you leave now, I will, give, I will give you two. But if you don't, I won't give you anything. I thought about take the money and leave the apartment and leave the problem behind. But yeah, I didn't have any, any place to go. So I decided to stay. They said that it was my last chance and they will do uh, another things to, to try me to, to, to force me to leave the apartment. They couldn't get him to go. So they just left him in that state without a bed and with a, a room that was now just open until the kitchen. Um, and hoping, I suppose, that, that he would leave. They changed the locks and he, they told his flatmates, if they told him the new key code, because they're all digital key codes, they'd be evicted as well. So he stayed in the flat. He was afraid that people would come and his stuff would be thrown out onto the street. Um, so he stayed in there until he basically started to run out of food. I didn't went out of the apartment, so I couldn't drop TVs that week. I was running out of money. I, w I was getting very pressured about money. So he was eventually forced to go out, but he managed to make his way in and out. And he stayed like that for about three weeks. Eventually, he, he heard of a new place where, although he didn't have a deposit at this point because all his money had been sort of gone to this agency, 
the landlord was sympathetic enough that they, he would let him move in and then save some money and pay the deposit later. And he managed to find a job as well as a waiter. Now, Naomi, as well as talking to Salvador and hearing his story, in the course of your investigations into Mark Goddard, you were able to talk to someone who experienced his modus operandi, but from the other side. A man who was an agent working for Mark Goddard. Can you tell us about him? Yeah, so we heard the exact same story, but from the other perspective. Someone from within the Mark Goddard operation. I work for for Mark, Mark Goddard. Um, basically, my job uh, was um, helping with all that he needs and uh, the properties. And he actually came forward because he felt very badly about what had been going on. Um, he felt it wasn't right. Um, he felt, you know, evictions like Salvador's were wrong um, and that there should be accountability. And, you know, I suppose, you know, he wanted to clear his conscience for having worked within the system. It's hard, you know, it's it's hard uh, working in that environment because at the final, it feels bad to me, you know, it, it's hard. Like when you realize that maybe you are part of the problem there. So, you know, here in Ireland, it, it's it's a little hard. The issue with the, with the housing. So you can feel, you can feel part of, of that. So this person was involved in handling the case and explained about how, you know, the bed was taken away, the door was taken away to try to force him to leave. The vision was made during his, his first moment because he didn't agree to, with the cameras because in the properties uh, they have cameras. It's so hard because in that, in that uh, vision, the tenant uh, was uh, very... Not angry, but he, he knows about uh, the law and the RTB, so uh, we couldn't, couldn't make the, the eviction. He, he stayed there, but in bad conditions. They took the, the bed and the door of the, of the room, so the tenant was there just uh, sleeping in, on the floor. What did this guy who was working for Mark Goddard say about the cameras that were inside the apartment? So apparently employees can access these cameras at will um, on an application, a mobile phone application. Those cameras are uh, inside of the, of the properties, and just in, in common areas, to be the kitchen or corridors, um, and also they can hear what are they saying. Yeah. So I think they... they use the cameras to to know what is happening yeah, of the, for a problem they can check and resolve. I've spoken to some tenants who thought that maybe they got evicted because they had been heard talking about certain things, but I'm not able to confirm that. So we actually managed to obtain some of this footage, which shows tenants in a kitchen doing the washing up and sort of chatting. Um, and then they go out the door and apparently this clip was downloaded and shared among employees in the agency to find out who had left dirty dishes in the sink. So those are the kind of issues that they're checking the CCTV for. On the morning of that eviction on August 5th, there is a, a screen grab, a still image of the CCTV, which suggests that employees checked to see whether Salvador was there on that morning before they went ahead with the eviction. Salvador isn't the only one. In part two, more former tenants of Mark Goddard tell their stories. There were like 
three, four cameras, something like that. Which was described as a violation of privacy by the RTB. And Goddard has a day in court. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Salvador didn't know, but he wasn't the first person to have an issue with CCTV in an apartment rented from Mark Goddard. Can you tell us about Uriel and Gabrielle Shavira and their case? So Uriel and Gabrielle are brothers Um, along with a group of friends, they rented a place off of Mountjoy Square during the pandemic, actually. They moved in and things went wrong extremely quickly. Real big troubles in the house. For example, we had the the toilets blocked and all the shit was coming up from the toilets and from the, you know, from the pipe, pipe, from everywhere. It was impossible to live in a house when you have flooded the that kind of thing, you know. They actually received an eviction notice just 18 days after their contract began. And the reason was that they had complained about CCTV. What had happened to those tenants is that, you know, they'd noticed these CCTV cameras. They said they were pointed at their bedrooms. They had some of them, the people living in the house were women and they were particularly uncomfortable with the surveillance, maybe, you know, going to and from the bathroom and so on. So obviously they was very feeling... Not comfortable. Yes, 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 yes. Because we asked, like, can we get access to the to the CCTV system? No. But I just want to know what's the picture. You know, what is recorded? No, 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 no. They took the case to the Residential Tenancies Board, the RTB, helped by an, an organization, a charity called Threshold. And they they brought the case to the RTB and Mark Goddard actually appeared in that according according to the court records, the report of the case. And he, he said that they had been evicted because they objected to the CCTV cameras. Mark Goddard actually had to pay them compensation uh, for a number of different reasons. One was for having CCTV cameras without their consent, which was described as a violation of privacy by the RTB. Another reason um, was because Goddard had used his key, his own key, to enter the property without their 
consent and also because he had issued invalid eviction notices to them. So for those three reasons, uh, he was told to pay them €7,500 in compensation. So to your knowledge, have the brothers got that money? Not a penny, according to them. Actually, he appealed the decision of the adjudication. We went again because he appealed to the trial. We won again. The new adjudication says that he needs to pay three times more money than in the first time. He, he didn't pay yet anything. Back to Salvador then. What happened next in his case? So he was now living in a different place and he himself went to attend his RTB hearing. You know, he actually heard about this uh, previous case involving Uriel and Gabriel. They're also Mexicans and he, you know, he found out about them through a mutual friend. They knew each other. Um, And so he took the opportunity to ask the judge in the RTB. He said, well, you know, this has actually all happened before. This happened to these other Mexican guys like two years ago and they won their case and they were ordered to be paid compensation, but they haven't received it. And he said, can you follow that up? You know, can you make sure that they get paid? And he told me that the judge said, unfortunately, that was a separate case. So they couldn't do anything about that. They were just dealing with his case in this in this instance. And does he know, does he have any time frame for that ruling? We don't know at this point. Really, you know, the issue for him is he just wants his deposit back. It's, you know, 490 euros he needs that money back and he had to pay additional rent, obviously. Mark Goddard, as director of one of his companies, just one of them, he's a, he's a director of many, um, he got paid director's fees of nearly €300,000 in a year. I think that was in 2022. So like €490 Euro for him does not make an enormous difference. But it's for Salvador, it's huge. It's savings that he or he, he gathered over years of working in Mexico. It's money that he needs for his sort of shot at getting ahead here in Dublin. You travel so far from home and you get into these situations and it's, it's not fair because maybe you, you needed to sell things or, or, or ask to people to lend you money. To, to came here to pay uh, the school, the, the, the course, the, the apartment, you know, you're living your everyday life. This is not, not fair. This is not a fair situation. Cameras and unfair practices weren't the only things that were wrong at the Capel Street property that was controlled by Mark Goddard, where Salvador had been staying. Our colleague Colm Keena reported on another aspect of this. So as we were reporting this story, you know, we put together the locations of the different Goddard properties. Um, We have a good oversight of how the operation works um, in terms of numbers. We're talking about roughly 208 beds that are rent that are available on like a a bed for rent basis. Um, That's across 19 properties in in central Dublin. Beyond that, he also has other operations with commercial lets and more long-term rets. But just focusing on these, uh, my colleague Colm Keena went along to visit some of these properties to see what state that they were in and see, you know, if he could speak to tenants. And what he discovered was that there were fire safety notices plastered on the door. Yes, so it seems that in June of last year, 
the Fire Safety Authority in, in Dublin, which is Dublin City Council and the Fire Brigade, visited two or three of Goddard's properties, all in Dublin, one, one on Capel Street and the other in a development that's on the corner of Railway Street and Beaver Street. They weren't happy with the layouts of the buildings, the smoke alarms, some of the fire doors. There was no straightforward way of getting out of the rooms uh, in the event of emergency. And they, they put a long list of, of changes that they wanted uh, introduced in the buildings before they would be used again and said that they were dangerous buildings and shouldn't be used. In the case of one of the developments, there's a second notice from October of last year uh, saying you're not supposed to be in this building. It's a very dangerous building, uh, again, from the fire authority. And I went down to the Capel Street building, 11 Capel Street, uh, at one stage, and there was a, a, a youngish man going in. And these notices are on the door. And I, I said, you know, why are you going in there? It's a dangerous building. But he was he was a tenant in there, but he's nervous about talking to me. So he didn't talk to he you? He didn't talk to me anymore, other than confirming you lived in there. So, Colm, what's the implications of all this for Mark Goddard and his business and also for his tenants? The, the issue is that the buildings are not supposed to be used until... The works are carried out and inspected by the Fire Safety Authority and then the Fire Safety Notice is lifted. We've seen internal documents from Goddard's companies that show these buildings were still in use, being rented out to people, post-Fire Safety Notices being put on the front door. So that that's one issue. And the other issue is that the council or the fire brigade haven't been able to get access to the buildings uh, to their satisfaction and they say that they're going to initiate prosecutions. Prosecutions. So what could the consequences be? Fines, if they were proven. But the issue then, I suppose, is he's associated with a large number of companies. Some of them seem to be used to, uh, to let accommodation. Others own accommodation and so there's all these various uh, parts of his empire so they'd have to pick which one they were fine they were prosecuting um there's a second issue about some of these buildings they were being let a short-term accommodation according to the uh, council and it is seeking to prosecute goddard and his companies for letting them because you're required to have planning permission to do that and last week on january the 16th Goddard and his company were up in court over this, isn't that right? Yes, it was up before the district court and uh, Judge Anthony Halpin and there was a barrister there for um, for Mark Goddard, uh, Denise Goddard, who's his mother, I think, and um, two companies, Green Label Property Investments and Grand Capel Inn. And the Goddards were, you know, mentioned in the charges um, because they're directors and secretaries of the company. Did Goddard appear in court himself? Mark Goddard wasn't there, but there was a young barrister there representing himself and his mother and the, and the companies. And he said he hoped that this matter might be resolved. The judge set a hearing date for April. And the counsel, the, the lawyer for the counsel, said that there was a second issue uh, um, about these properties. He called he called it a... There's a um, an accommodation, a density of accommodation issue, and he wanted an, ur- an urgent hearing of the case. You've also been looking into the cases involving Mark Goddard that have come before the Residential Tenancies Board. We've already heard how some former tenants have brought cases to the board that they've won, but they haven't been paid. 
What have you uncovered? Yeah, Mark Goddard is uh, is associated with a, a large number of Irish companies, uh, in excess of 52 uh, companies as a director or a shareholder. These companies, some of them seem to be dormant, some of them seem to be involved in letting property, and some of them seem to be owning property. So one of the problems that's emerged is that some people have received awards from the Residential Tenancies Board uh, from their adjudication process where they've uh, brought cases alleging um, unfair eviction. And it's been found in their favour and they've been given awards, in some instances, a number of thousands of euros. And they haven't, that money hasn't been paid over. And then they get they can go to court and get a, an order from the court that the money been, has been paid over. And as I understand it, in some instances, the money still hasn't been paid. But then the issue arises that the award might be against a company that itself doesn't have any property. So what the, 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 the former tenant can do about that isn't clear at all. Mark Goddard, I think it's fair to say, seems to be causing a lot of challenges for the system. So we have all these uh, rules about uh, needing planning permission for short, short lets or if you're taken to the Residential Tenancies Board and they find against you, the tenants are entitled to award. But he just seems to be kind of ignoring that and, and it doesn't seem to be having any um, financial downside to him as yet. Are the structures that we have in Ireland prepared for actors who are just willing to ignore rulings like that? and who are just willing to ignore whatever rules there are. It seems that this guy, in the cases that we've documented, just has a complete disregard um, for the rules that there are. Um, So that's an issue. I mean, is it going to be enforced or not? I think that's one of the main reasons that he is still doing that. He has a lot of uh, issues through RTV with another tenants, and he doesn't care because he is doing the same. What we have is we have vulnerable victims, like Salvador, people who arrive in the country with very good intentions, the kind of people we need, computer engineers, the people who really keep a lot of the Irish economy going, and those people are at risk of exploitation. Um, If there's people who are just willing to act completely outside the rules, um, and I think that we have a responsibility to, you know, to make sure that vulnerable people are not open to exploitation in that way. That's it for today. For more investigations from the Irish Times, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon and Suzanne Brennan and reported by Naomi O'Leary and Colm Keena. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 